It is a little bit after 3 p.m. right here on KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM, which means it's time for my show, Arabology, the show that takes you on a virtual trip through the Arabic-speaking world. Yes, all 20-plus Arabic-speaking countries on Earth. Uh, Not every show, of course, but, uh, well, through the music, we hope to cover quite a bit of uh, territory there. Hopefully, you are kicked back and relaxed and uh, ready for our journey to begin. And this week, our journey will begin in a rather noisy way. Well, noisy not in a bad way, but maybe in a good way. That's Amal Mathluthi experimenting with alternative Arabic music. She starts off the show today with this, well, sort of noisy, grungy rendition of uh, a song uh, that she uh, released uh, a couple of uh, uh, years ago. And it's called Throwing Rocks. So here's Amal Mathluthi taking us on the Arabology show right here on KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. Oh. 
getting
that was a Lebanese singer. Her name is Yasmin Hamdan. And uh, we kind of heard her sing a really good song there called Inkan uh, Mafrud or Inkan Fuadi. <laughs> so let's move right on with the music here. And uh, there's going to be a group called Tutard, and it's called Killin Nas, a groovy tune. Hopefully, you're enjoying it and enjoying your day right here. On uh, KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM, I'm your DJ Ramsey. The show is Arabology, and I'm with you every Thursday from 3 to 5 p.m. Here's Tutard.
How was that for a jamming tune? Well, that was uh, Tut Ard, the group uh, that uh, is sort of famous for this kind of music. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. And they're actually from the Golan Heights. And the, the uh, song you heard was called Kulinas. Uh, it was taken from their album uh, Nuri Andaburi. Great a title there. <laughs> and uh, before that, we heard uh, Yasmin Hamdan, who comes from Lebanon. She sang sort of an old classic called Inkan Fuadi. And uh, that song, actually, she's re- sort of remastered, revamped, uh, re recorded, and is on her brand new album, which uh, sort of hit uh, France, let's say, uh, on May 21st, should be released in the US soon. And uh, it's a self titled album called Yasmin Hamdan. And for those of you who don't know her, uh, well, then uh, you might not have heard of Soap Kills or of Yas. This uh, young lady, this uh, amazing singer, Yasmin Hamdan, sort of began with uh, the group uh, Soap Kills along with Zayt Hamdan, no relation. And uh, they uh, had uh, these amazing hits, uh, well, several years ago. Since then, uh, Yas, short for Yasmin probably, released an album called Arabology. Yes, like the name of my show and uh, that album was really a classic everybody sort of loved it and and, and listened to it uh, all over the arabic speaking world for many many months and uh, now and everybody was anticipating her new album well it is out in france and in certain parts of europe it is out uh, in lebanon i presume but it will be out in the u.s soon so watch for it especially if you like the track in Kanfuadi. and we began the show today with none other than tunisian singer uh, Amal Mathluthi or Amal Mathluthi and uh, the song was called Throwing Rocks now that was not from her Kilmiti Hurra album uh, the one we play a lot on KZSU but it was sort of a rare track by her that sound- sounded kind of noisy kind of experimental and I thought it would be a good way to start this show Arabology which tends to take you all over the Arabic speaking world but in an experimental alternative way America's historic places tell the story of who we are and where we come from. They provide a tangible link with our past and help us understand our origins. But they are also fragile. The National Trust for Historic Preservation is working to save the buildings, communities and landscapes that tell our nation's story. To find out how you can help protect our past, please visit www.nationaltrust.org. That is www.nationaltrust.org. The show is Arabology, and I'm your DJ Ramsey. It is 3.20 right here on uh, KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. And I'll be with you until 5 p.m. today, attempting to take you on this virtual journey through the Arabic-speaking world and by displaying or, or playing uh, music uh, that is not uh, very uh, well uh, expected. Uh, this is because we try to emphasize on the show here uh, alternative Arabic music, and there does exist this uh, huge uh, canon now of alternative music coming in from the Arabic-speaking world and uh, so hopefully we'll get you uh, to enjoy some of this music and to pique your interest so that you can find out more about Arabic music. It is not just about belly dancing, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, to prove my point, uh, let's go to a group called Adonis. Well, they're an all-boy group and they come from Lebanon and uh, they uh, kind of have a very interesting sound to them. They sing these... uh, 
well, I don't know. I don't want to call them cheesy songs. They're pretty, uh, they're pretty uh, deep and romantic, I guess. But at the same time, it's the sounds that they're making and the musical genre that they're creating that seems of interest to many people out there. The group is called Adonis, and the song that we're going to hear is called Makan Mafrud. Through 
That was a little track called uh, La Répétition, and it was from the Beirut Hotel soundtrack. Of course, uh, the musical genius responsible for that tune is none other than Zaid Hamdan, the uh, young musician from Lebanon who is, uh, well, uh, sort of uh, an extraordinaire to me. He uh, he sings, he composes, he writes, he produces, he does so many things. Zaid Hamdan and La Répétition, he's one of the tracks on the controversial Lebanese movie uh, Beirut Hotel, or on the soundtrack of that movie movie. The movie itself has been banned in Lebanon, but the soundtrack does exist, and we'll be, and we have been uh, over the last few weeks featuring uh, tracks from the Beirut Hotel soundtrack, much to our listeners' delight, well, I guess, uh, based on the uh, input I've been getting. And uh, speaking of, uh, well, uh, movies, uh, I think that uh, uh, one of the things that I'd like to start doing on the show is to do a little bit of a review of movies that have uh, an Arabic theme or that uh, are centered on the Arab world in some way. And uh, and one of those is actually playing right here in the, uh, or was playing in the uh, Menlo Park area. And, and it was actually a, a French film called Monsieur Lazare. And, uh, and I thought, well, what better way to review uh, an Arabic movie? Now we're not, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be very frank here and review it uh, the way we see it. And uh, of course, that will be uh, by none other than Ahmed Q. Ahmed Q, who uh, has been, uh, well, a delightful uh, guest and uh, even a co-host on this show sometimes, uh, has uh, had the chance to uh, review uh, Monsieur Lazare. And I will uh, probably begin by uh, by asking him uh, to say hello. I'm not sure, Ahmed, are you going to say hello in French or in Arabic today? Well, I prefer to say it in Arabic. In Arabic. Okay, so uh, go ahead then. Marhaba, everybody. Kif kom, shu akhbar kom. I miss you guys. I hope you miss me too. Uh, definitely, gonna, definitely. Yeah. I, from the uh, emails and uh, and uh, <laughs> and the Facebook page, uh, Ahmed Q, you are truly loved. Oh, thank you. Uh, you used to give us these wonderful reports, Ahmed, about uh, you know uh, the the music scene in Jordan. Yeah, every once in a while, I was like during the show giving you some information about new bands and alternative music. Absolutely, and uh, yet you're today you're not going to be doing a, a report from Jordan. You're actually going to be reviewing the movie Monsieur Lazare. You had a chance to watch that movie recently, Ahmad. Yeah, it's an amazing uh, movie I have seen just a few days ago, and it has uh, touched my feelings, actually. And uh, once I first saw the movie, I thought it's kind of like a blockbuster movie, horror, Mm -hmm. that people die, and, you know, like a mysterious (laughs) kind of movie. But it was not. It was like a very decent movie, the drama film movie that has uh, a very... um, meaningful essence in it right right and uh it was a movie in french we should tell everybody yeah actually it is a canadian film that was um, taken in uh, elementary school in montreal wow well the story starts like that Uh, it's about a sixth grade uh, students and uh, in that uh, class there was a a very depressed uh, teacher who committed suicide oh gosh oh yeah and uh, two of the students, uh, one called uh, Simone and the other one called Alice, uh, they saw her hanged in the classroom. Oh, my Lord. This is, this is pretty <clears throat> depressing, Ahmad Q. I, I mean, mean I, I hear the title, Monsieur Lazare. I think this is going to be a cute French film or no, something. No. Turns out it's a Canadian, what sounds like an awful tragedy at the well, beginning. Well, it's based on tragedy, but the way that it ended was really beautiful. 
Okay, so remember, we don't want to give out the ending. No, I'm not going to give the ending, but I'm going to start with a few like hints and details about what's really going on. Ahmed Q, you have the mic. Go ahead. All right. So uh, once the teacher dies, they... Um, the principal of the school uh, tried to like do a few changes to those students who have been damaged uh, emotionally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, actually, they seem so like advanced intellectually, but their emotions is like so 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 down to down, you know, sure. because of the uh, incident that happened in I'm their sure. classroom. Like every time they go to the class, they remember their previous teacher. They look at the ceiling and they remember. I mean, wow. it's really, and, really and these were you sad. said sixth grade uh, students. Sixth grade students. I mean, in, yeah, in come Canada. on. Wow, I, I can I can't handle it. I don't, I don't imagine them doing that. Right, especially at that age. Yeah. So uh, once a teacher dies. Um, uh, Mr. Lazhar uh, comes to the school as an Algerian immigrant, ah. and he tries to um, replace the teacher. Oh wow! And uh, he gets hired somehow, uh-huh. and he tries to connect with the students who are like unable to connect with mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of the new rules and right. the, you know regulations. A school that right, you cannot right. like hug a student, you cannot talk to the student closely everything oh, wow. is like i mean it was so complicated for him because he was in algeria and the system there is different right. and then he really like uh, got into the uh, country canada and he tried to do the same but he cannot wow. so it was really hard for him to break the barriers between him and the uh, students right and though they needed the support from the teacher but the rules did not allow him to mm-hmm. so you can see that the teacher was kind of like having some problem also. He did not came to the school because he liked to teach or he liked to stay there. No, actually, he fled from his country because he had some also um, really sad uh, story going on there. You mean back in Algeria? Back in Algeria. I, I mean, I I'm see. not going to give so much details, right, but right. some kind of um, homicide actions. Oh, really? There. Homicide? Oh, my God. Mm, I mean, I mean I'm, I, he I, fled. I, this, this does not sound at all, Ahmed, like the kind of cutesy Monsieur Lazar movie. That um, I noticed, Ahmed, that when you were reviewing the movie here, you called him Monsieur Lazar. It sounded a little <laughs> yeah. bit like an Arabic twist to the word Lazar. Well, and I wonder if that that's uh, you know this, that's an Arabic name, isn't it? It's kind of Arabic, uh, merged into French. Maybe you can say like Minsu Lazhar, like Minsu is French, and Al Azhar in Arabic turned into Lazhar in French. So Lazar. it makes sense. So I guess it's a Frenchified way of saying Al Azhar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, this reminds me of something else, Ahmed. I'm not sure if I should bring this up on the air, but you know, they were talking about uh, you know how the French are pronounced Arabic words. Oh my God! <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to talk about, Ahmed? I hope not. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say anything bad on the air, but I'm just going to say that the new French prime minister's last name <laughs> is actually giving people out there in the Arab world quite a bit of uh, giggles. Uh, his uh, name is Jean-Marc Ayrault. <laughs> and uh, that's all I'm about to say. You want to find out what that means? You're going to have to ask somebody oh, else. Yeah. It's oh, not yeah. going to be on the Arabology show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we digress uh, here, uh, Ahmad. And uh, sorry, if you were giving us your review. I mean, in terms of of uh, movies you've seen that uh, deal with this, you know, teacher uh, student, um, you know, scenario, did you find this movie to be uh, better than most, or uh, or um, you know, in any way different? It's very different. Uh, because uh, you can see the differences between the teacher 
and the students like he has different background different drama and the students have different like even the students themselves they are not like so simple they have like uh, really great characters like Alex and Simon themselves they can play major roles in any movie I mean I like the kids they are really talented okay so Simon and, and Alice are the uh, Simon and Alice are these children yeah yeah okay Sorry about that. Yeah, keep going. Uh, so uh, Alice, who is called also Sophie, I guess she got a word for uh, supporting uh, actress. You really? Know? Yeah, and she's so young. She's like 11 or 12. Wow. wow. And, I mean, yeah, she's really talented, as I told you. So this student who, uh, whose name is Alice, she tries to be like the best uh, student in the class of Miss Yulazhar because, you know, she used to be the best student in the mm-hmm. previous class, mm-hmm. so whatever. But she finds that it's really hard to do that because he's so different from them. But he opened up to the student and he tries to break the rules slowly, slowly. And he tries to rearrange the classroom, to rearrange the system. But uh, one of the students complained about him because he is like trying to like to hit the students sometimes or do so. So he was aware of that eventually. And what made him really sad that he couldn't like help the students more than helping himself. I see. Well, he he, he, like his students also reminds him of his family whom he cannot see anymore. Oh, wow. And every day he goes back home. All, all alone, nobody's to talk to, nobody's to reach, and he looks up in the stuff of his kids and family and tries to like feel sad. Wow. Well, I'm not gonna say why. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was something going on about his family. Right, I felt that. Yes. Uh, um, yes. Go ahead. So he tries to connect with the students, especially Alice, who uh, who was his favorite student. And uh, at the end, something really bad happens to him. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, and then and, I guess we, we call this in American English, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. but, you know. Something really bad happens to him, but he changes the spirit of the universe, of the school and every, everything becomes wow. really good eventually. Wow. Yeah. Ahmed, wow, this is a, such an amazing sort of uh, review of this movie. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, what, do you, what would you give this? Well, I will give it nine. Nine, pretty yeah, good. I, I That's really pretty good. It. That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. And it's in French with English subtitles. It's French and comes in English subtitles. Subtitles, yeah. okay. And remember, uh, ladies and gentlemen out there, if you we want to watch the movie, we're talking about Canadian French, which is a little bit different than the French of Paris or uh, France. But, oh, by uh, the way, yes. Uh, do you have the music of uh, the movie? I think it was played by uh, the musician Martin Lyon. <laughs> Martin Lyon. I hope you have. It. You said that Ahmed Khusi as if uh, we. Uh, <laughs> As if we hadn't rehearsed it. Uh, but I think you're trying to tell me that it's time to play maybe a song from the Monsieur Lazare soundtrack. Is that exactly. is that the hint I'm yeah, getting please. over here? All right, why not? Here is Thank a, you. Uh, the actual, uh, th- uh, the actual uh, well, I guess, uh, musician who did the soundtrack is Martin Léon. And uh, the track that we found is called La Chrysalide. So here we go. It's a very classical piece, and it sort of sets up the uh, mood for the movie Monsieur Lazare. A movie that Ahmad Q give, gave it a full 9 out of 10. And in Arabic, that would be what number? From Ashara. That's pretty good. Here we go with La Chrisad. Ahmad Kusi, thank you for your uh, amazing report. And uh, hopefully we'll do more of this in the weeks to come. Okay, shukran. Sounds interesting. All right, take care, Ahmad. Bye.
How is that for something a little bit different that was actually from an album called uh, Rough Guide to Psychedelic Africa and uh, it was a track called Let Yourself Go by Victor Olaya's All Stars Soul International. Well, we thought, you know, a little bit of uh, Africa mixed in with this Arabology show certainly can't hurt and certainly can fit into our theme for the day, which is to kind of take you all over the Arabic-speaking world, including the Arab countries or countries where Arabic is spoken in North Africa on this virtual journey. And I hope you have been enjoying this uh, music that I've been bringing to you right here on the Arabology Show. If you are enjoying this music, uh, remember that we have a lot of shows right here on KZSU Stanford that deal with similar uh, topics and uh, and music. And uh, one of those, of course, is none other than the show Mediterraneans, which airs on uh, Tuesdays from uh, 4 p.m. until uh, about uh, 6 p.m. And that's with your host, Abu Ramses. Mediterraneans, music of the Middle East, North Africa, and beyond, features music of, of all genres and time periods from Turkey, the Arab world, Iran, Israel, and their European and New World diasporas. That show comes to you on KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM, every Tuesday from 4 p.m. until around 6 p.m. So check it out, as well as the many other shows we have for you uh, on kzsu.stanford.edu. Click on schedule and uh, let your eyes feast on the amazing uh, kind of programs we have here for you. Programs that range from music to interviews to much, much more. So uh, thank you for staying tuned to KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM and especially to my show Arabology, which which will take you until 5 p.m. today. Reminding everyone that after my show today and that's about uh, at uh, 6 p.m. or at 5 p.m. sorry we have uh, the fall of math with AJ and that comes to you from uh, uh, 5 p.m. until 7 p.m. this evening and every Thursday. Well I think I've spoken enough and I think it's time to kind of go back to what the show's about and that is to take you on a musical journey in Arabic but in an alternative kind of way and uh, to do that I think we need a little bit of Tanya Saleh In fact, I think we need a lot of Tanya Saleh. Why don't we listen to Tanya from her album, uh, from her album Wehde, singing uh, Ayashi. And that will take us, ladies and gentlemen, on another Tanya experiment. And that is, of course, Tanya Saleh and, uh, uh, well, featured on the song Had There Been a Dream by Baghdad Heavy Metal. So we're going to hear Tanya Saleh solo, followed by Tanya Saleh and Baghdad Heavy Metal, and a song Had There Been a Dream. But first, Tanya, from her album Wehde, asks you or tells you that anything could happen.
في بيني وبينك حكي كنا حكينا لو كان في بيني وبينك بكي كنا بكينا لو كان في شي طريق يلاقينا كتمشينا I'm 
That was uh, none other than uh, Tanya Saleh and uh, Baghdad Heavy Metal and a song called Had There Been a Dream. And just when you thought that it was a dream to hear Tanya Saleh with Baghdad Heavy Metal, uh, that actually came after a track by Tanya Saleh on her own. And that was called uh, Ayya She, taken from her album Wehde. Well, let me take you back a little bit. We heard before that Let Yourself Go by Victor Onai Olaya's All Stars Soul International. Before that, who was it? It was Tanya Qassis, a.k.a. La Soprano du Liban, singing a song called Shuma Saad, and that's from her album Oriental Colors. Before that, we heard the instrumental La Chrysalide by Martin Léon, taken from the uh, soundtrack to the uh, French, well, the Canadian French film uh, Monsieur Lazare. Before that, Zaid Hamdan, La Répétition, from the Beirut Hotel soundtrack. And before that, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't think I emphasized this, it was Mike Massey singing Soti Harib Minni. And uh, that song is from his album, Yazaman, an album that is absolutely splendid. And we've been featuring tracks from that album. The song that you heard called Soti Harib Minni, which means my voice is escaping me or escaping from me, was uh, a sort of a duet with uh, a, a young uh, singer. Her name is uh, Lubna Norman. And she had that very beautiful voice that accompanied the voice of Mike Massey right here on the Arabology Show coming to you from KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. I am your DJ Ramsey and we are almost halfway through the show. It's coming up to 4 p.m. here and uh, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just going to say a quick hello to people out there who are listening both in the studio and outside and uh, to kind of uh, tell everybody, uh, remind everybody as uh, the quarter winds down to its end here, spring quarter at Stanford for everybody to try to stay positive and stay energetic. Everybody's sort of starting to feel the uh, stress of the uh, well, dead week coming up and then the finals and all this stuff. But on the Arabology show, we refuse to uh, give in to such negativity and we surround ourselves with such amazing people as Sundus Abu Damus, who's in the studio today, who was my guest a couple of weeks ago, poetess uh, extraordinaire. Sundus is here. A special hello to her, as well as Ahmed Q, who gave us the film review and uh, we will have a, a very special guest coming up in the second part of the Arabology show hopefully you will be uh, uh, you will stay tuned for that in the meantime I'm thinking perhaps uh, we should play a little bit of uh, Arabic hip hop well um, I think uh, we can do that right after I uh, let you know about the following like what you're hearing help make sure KZSU can continue providing great programming without commercials to listeners all over the Bay Area. Donate to KZSU. For more information, email our underwriting department at underwriting at kzsu.stanford.edu or call us at 650-723-9010. And don't forget to keep on listening. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, we are in the second part of the show, which means we need to move things a little bit in an interesting fashion. Well, how about the Palestinian group D-A-M and uh, that could be translated in many ways in Arabic uh, and uh, sounds like the word dam in English. Certainly we're talking about D-A-M and uh, they have an, an amazing album called Ehda, a dedication. From that we have chosen a brand new track well at least to the Arabology show today and uh, it is called Mes Endroits, translated as My Hood or in, perhaps in Arabic it would be Amakini, Al <laughs> Mufaddala or something like that. Anyway, here they are. DAM and the song Me 
les endroits right here on KZSU Stanford 94.1 FM. جيل ما يعرفش منطق أسئلة مصرية تأدي لصمت اللي يكسر صمتك كل يوم نفس الموال إتال ما خطرت البال إنه هاي الشغلات البال كسرت البال لما أقولك يا هطعيتي كيف تحكيك بحبك أخذ ما تبعد الكلمة هاي بتشدك وأنا أحبك كمان الحب أحلى رمز هلا يطلعي لقدام رمز بطعمي خبز ما أنا بلا شهادة بلا صنعة حياة الناس للوحيد اللي اليوم ما قابلت ولا طلع وأنا صامت مستني المستنيني إن كان إنه يحميني ولا عاطل يأذيني وقلبي يريدك لدرجة إنه ما يريد يتخلى عنك وقلبي يريدك لدرجة إنه ما يريد يشدك لما صارنا اليوم صاعد وحياتك عارف وحاسس سؤالك بس وحياتك مش عارف أجاوب Ich meine, 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 ich meine
الشباب تسألي شوي زيادة على اللزوم طلعيني نصيع جاي معانا طلعيني نصيع مش عارف عن جد مش عارف بروم برجع لك جواب آخر سلامات يا أرض
It's coming up to 4.15 right here on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM, which means that it's time to start bringing in my guests, my very special guests on today's show of Arabology. And uh, and uh, I have such amazing guests today that I'm not sure how I'm going to contain myself from welcoming such amazing guests as uh, Dr. Ava Hashim and uh, Sayana Shelton, both of whom are here. Now, I hope I'm not butchering anybody's names. I'm going to give them a chance to pronounce their names beautifully. But in the meantime, I want to say a very, very special hi, Kifak Sava to, or Kifik Sava to Dr. Ava. Welcome to Arabology. And uh, and how how are you? Uh, how have you been uh, d- doing, Ava? Great, great, wonderful. Thank you. Uh, okay, so we seem to have just a little bit of a problem here in the studio with the uh, w- uh, with the mic, and uh, I'm going to uh, take care of that a little problem in uh, just a moment. Uh, so in the meantime, I think we should uh, we should go to uh, something uh, quite uh, different, and that is. Uh, uh, a, a song called Beirut by uh, Yasmin Hamdan and that will uh, let us uh, uh, fix the audio problem so that we can have Dr. Ava right back on the air with us right here on the Arabology show coming to you from KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM
That was uh, Yasmin Hamdan and a track called Beirut, probably an appropriate track to welcome somebody who does come from Beirut, Lebanon. Uh, Dr. Ava is in the studio. I hope we fixed the audio problem here. Ava, can you try to say hello? Hello, marhaba. Ah, there's that beautiful voice. Uh, <laughs> uh, welcome to Arabology and to KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. I'm not quite sure how to welcome you, Ava, today because uh, as most people who, who've heard this show before, I'm always raving that the Lebanese speak three languages. Is that the case with you? Right. So, hi, Kifak Sava Ramzi. Sava, très bien, Eva. Wente Kifak. Alhamdulillah. Those of you who don't recognize that accent, that is certainly a very Lebanese accent, often called a very sophisticated accent, if I might be biased. And that sort of represents my amazing guest today, uh, known for her graciousness, her intellect, her kindness, and I have to say, her beauty. Dr. Eva is uh, a lecturer at Stanford in Arabic full-time lecturer who recently joined the African and Middle Eastern Department, which is part of the Stanford Language Center. Ava, it's been a, it's been a new year for you in, in many ways, and not the least of which is coming to Stanford. How has your first year at Stanford been? My first year has been great so far. I have nothing but good things to say about uh, the institution itself. Um, the team that I work with at the Arabic department mm-hmm. and African Middle Eastern studies, um, st- students, uh, the atmosphere, all of it. It's right. been great and I'm thankful every day. Wow. And I'm sure that your sa- uh, students are thankful to you <laughs> because you are attempting to teach a very difficult language and that's Arabic. To, uh, what classes have you been uh, teaching this quarter, Eva? Um, I teach uh, four different levels of conversation. Wow. And uh, one of them uh, is colloquial Arabic. So uh, the spoken Arabic of the um, the area of the Middle East that we call the Levant. Nice. So that would be the um, Lebanese, uh, Syrian, Palestinian, and Jordanian dialect. Wow. I also uh, teach first year for uh, reading and writing. Wow. And it's been great. <laughs> so how, how do you feel about our students here at Stanford? Did they live up to your expectations uh, thus far, without mentioning any names, of course? Absolutely. They have been wonderful. Everything that I have expected and even more, which is uh, challenging and nice in a way because we always have to wear, you know, our best hat mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, uh, give our students, uh, offer them the best that we can offer. And um, it's, uh, it's a great experience mm-hmm. to be able to um, serve such an institution and students of this caliber. Absolutely, absolutely. As you know, Ava, I've been teaching uh, myself here for, uh, well, uh, let's just say a little over a decade. And I uh, completely agree with you. You seem to have made that assessment in your first year. And I hope uh, that you will continue to feel both uh, challenged and uh, and sort of uh, privileged to, to be here. We do have these amazing students. But uh, the question I always get, Ava, and I thought maybe you could shed a little bit of light on this, is, you know, the challenges of trying to teach um, Arabic 
to uh, students who, you know, have had no exposure. We're not really talking about heritage students here, but students, you know, the average student has had no exposure. And, uh, well, well, my question is twofold. One is how ready are they to accept classical Arabic? And the second part, of course, is how do you get around uh, the colloquial aspect? I mean, the kind of Arabic you and I spoke, Ava, at the beginning of this interview uh, was colloquial. We immediately went to colloquial, and yet uh, with the kind of Arabic we teach here is modern standard Arabic. Uh, I hear you're kind of an expert on the matter, or that you have thoughts, and I would appreciate it if you would share them with our listeners. Right. Um, first of all, uh, students are divided in two, um, if I may say, um, sometimes three. So you have your um, native speakers, and those come ready. Um, they know all the aspects mm-hmm. of any language. Right. And then you have the heritage speaker right. who have been exposed to the language, but uh, only in, in speaking, mm-hmm. who do not know how to read and write. And we also have the... Um, Uh, language learners, first-time learners, who have never been exposed to the language. Uh, One would think that um, heritage speakers are at an advantage, but after um, 10 or 11 years of experience teaching uh, Arabic, I have come to find that motivation is key, Ramsey. Wow. So whether a student has been exposed to a language or not, um, it's motivation uh, that will uh, make him or her excel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other challenge uh, is, uh, for example, here at Stanford, is to, to continue learning a certain language. Right. Because for uh, graduation purpose, graduation requirement, a student has to take one year of a foreign language. Mm-hmm. So when a student continues, that means that he is really in love with the language, in love with the Arabic culture, and really wants to embrace um, everything that this language and culture has to offer. I see. Uh, now, uh, how much are they ready to accept, to answer your question, Ramsey, to accept um, learning MSA? Right. Which is, uh, uh, of course, for our listeners, modern standard Arabic. Right. Modern standard Arabic. Um, we we prepare them from day one about the uh, the diglossic um, uh uh, point of view or aspect of the Arabic language, we let them know that uh, learning the formal Arabic is the way we all learned it. You mm. and I in, in Lebanon and all of us Absolutely. had to learn um, um, this way uh, of, of the, this aspect of the language. And then we uh, let them know that once they have uh, finished two years or acquired uh, intermediate proficiency or a kind of high in intermediate proficiency in Arabic, then uh, they will be ready to be moved to the next uh, level and be exposed to one of the five main uh, dialects that the Arabic language has to offer or to choose one of the sub-dialects. I see. Um, and so, um, yes, with a good foundation, with a good solid foundation yeah. uh, of the... Um, modern standard Arabic or what we call Fusha, um, then our students are ready to move to uh, the next level so we avoid any confusion between spoken Arabic and uh, formal Arabic. I see. Yeah, it's been great so far. Yeah, because I think this is, uh, and and if I'm not mistaken, this was part of your doctoral uh, dissertation was, you know, talking about this. And uh, there seems to me to be two um, kind of schools, you know, one that says we should teach both both classical and uh, colloquial Arabic mm-hmm. simultaneously.
simultaneously at the same time from day one mm -hmm. another school that says that no we should begin with the modern standard Arabic the one that's understood all over the Arabic speaking world so at mm -hmm. least these students no matter where they're going can can communicate in in MSA and then introduce the appropriate dialect or the dialect they choose at a later point mm -hmm. uh, do you subscribe to either of these uh, points of view or are you somewhere in the middle you're right I'm somewhere in the middle so the first uh, theory is right and the second one is not wrong in my opinion um, you know, instead of instead of considering Arabic as a diglossic language and dividing it in two mm -hmm. languages, which one should I learn, the Fusha or the Amiya? I, I think we should con consider more uh, the Arabic language as a continuum versus mm. a diglossic language, wow. and that um, and talk about code switching. So, an educated Arabic person will constantly be switching in. Uh, his speech right. between uh, formal and informal Arabic and, and use them according to the situation and use them in context. Mm, good point. So the best thing would be to prepare our students when they are going to immerse themselves in the uh, Arabic-speaking world to be uh, ready to use either one of those codes and be able to do the code switching between um, uh, those two, um, the Fusha and the Amiya, depending on the situation that they are exposed to. I see. I see. And so, you know, on a more simplistic level, then, do you think it's, it, it's uh, impossible to kind of pick up modern standard Arabic if you started with a colloquial? Or is it easier to pick up colloquial if you started with MSA? Okay. I think um, after, uh, you know, the, the results of my study uh, that I finished last year uh -huh. um, were that a good solid foundation of two years of modern standard Arabic or Fusha are better mm -hmm. and then starting colloquial or spoken Arabic but um, you and I started learning the colloquial at home right? and then we were exposed to Fusha and we're doing okay <laughs> so um, but I think that for a, um, a foreign student learning uh, Arabic because they, they do not use it every day right. in their everyday life and their only exposure is uh, often those few hours that we spend today uh, every day in class um, I, I believe that the um, formal theory first right uh, is more applicable. Is more applicable. Yes. And, uh, and I think we, we need to emphasize out there to everybody who's listening uh, that, you know, the modern standard Arabic, the one that Ava and I are talking about, is actually the written language. It's the language of newspapers, of the news on TV. It's, uh, it's you know, the formal language for speeches and such. And I think, and, and it's, of course, for of books and literature. Uh, so that if you only learn colloquial at first, you, you certainly don't have access to you know, uh, media, for example. Um, uh, although, I don't know, Ava, have you been hearing about this new wave of, of uh, uh, media coming from the Arabic-speaking world and specifically from Lebanon, where they're talking about uh, diffusing the news, for example, in colloquial Lebanese uh, accent instead of, you know, in Fusha, mm -hmm. the classical Arabic? You've heard of this. I, I've heard of it. It is not a bad idea, but you would only be targeting a certain audience, mm -hmm. the audience who uh, understands 
Lebanese, uh, the Lebanese uh, dialect, and that would be, you know, people of the Levant mm-hmm. uh, and, and a few uh, other countries. But um, I think that the common denominator among uh, all 23 Arabic-speaking countries is the Fusha or the formal language. So whenever uh, we have to communicate um, any formal news, um, I, I still believe in doing it in, in Fusha to make it accessible to all uh, our uh, Arabic-speaking people. Absolutely. Ava, it, it's, uh, speaking with you, it's, uh, it's a truly, truly remarkable experience because uh, just the way you speak English and your command of the language and, 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 and the topic, uh, just uh, it's it, it really, I forget that this is not your first language, nor perhaps your second. It's almost, you know, you grew up speaking French and Arabic as well as English. Uh, do you find find that, uh, you know, you're still sort of uh, uh, torn between French and English, or, or how, what's the order of languages in terms of comfort for you? Um, it depends on the situation, Ramsey. Um, I've been here uh, long enough, you know, to feel uh, comfortable and at ease with the English language, and I think each one of the three languages that I know um, is nice in its own way, depending mm-hmm. on the situation. Uh, English is a beautiful language, and um, I'm lucky to be able to uh, <laughs> practice it. Yeah, because perhaps we should just dub, and I don't want to keep you too long, Ava, but uh, but maybe just give us a little bit about uh, of background. Uh, you are uh, Lebanese-American, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe you could tell us, our listeners, a little bit about, you know, your, uh, your growing up, uh, you, you grew up in Lebanon a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, about your uh, experience there when you came to America, and of course, how you arrived to Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born in Beirut, Lebanon, and um, born and raised uh, speaking Arabic, and um, French came naturally because uh, I attended uh, French schools. Mm -hmm. Lebanon was under French mandate uh, for a long time before it got its uh, independence from France. And so those of us who went to French schools uh, automatically learned uh, French, and it became our, uh, you know, we can call it second language, but it's almost, uh, I mean, we use them interchangeably. Right. And so and uh, so my uh, bachelor's degree is in Arabic journalism wow. uh, from Lebanon. And wow. then I moved to the United States uh, uh, in my 20s and got my master's in French literature. Oh, wow. I did not know this, Ava. This is, <laughs> you've, you've been hiding uh, quite a few gems there. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't actually in French then, in French literature. In French. Wow. So BA was in, uh, BA was in Arabic, master's was in French. And then after teaching French uh, in college at Sacramento State University, actually, wow. I decided to go for my uh, doctorate in educational leadership. And that one was in English. So talk about <laughs> talk about trilingual. And talk about uh, the, yeah. the Lebanese, uh, you know, trilingual uh, greeting. Hi, yeah. Savav, the name of my previous show. Right. Uh, you should. I certainly should have had you on that show, Ava. <laughs> uh, but uh, but but, uh, do you still find that you know Arabic is your go-to language in terms of I don't know. I guess the language you Absolutely. would think of, think in when you're you know pondering something or yes. when you're alone. Yes, and it's. Also, the language that I dream in, which would be, you know, your preferred language. 
And uh, uh, well, yes, I, I guess indeed. I should ask this: Do you dream in Fusha or in colloquial? <laughs> <laughs> in Lebanese. In Lebanese. Oh la la! Yeah. Well, then um, I, I'm not going to uh, touch that one, except to say that Lebanese <laughs> is a very romantic dialect to, to many. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll just leave it at that. Ava, speaking about the music and about uh, dreams and about uh, Arabic um, in general, I wanted to kind of uh, give you a chance, maybe, to share with our listeners uh, some of your favorite. Um, Arabic uh, music or musicians that come from the Arabic-speaking world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you have a few, mm-hmm. and I thought it would, might be nice for you to present maybe a women's point of view here. I'm always sort of talking about my favorites here, but it would be nice if you could uh, maybe make a few recommendations mm-hmm. and tell our listeners about the kind of music that maybe you find appealing. Mm-hmm. My favorite uh, singers, um, I have three favorite ones. Um, number one is Fayrouz in Lebanon. I knew that was going to uh, come. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the three that I'm going to um, to mention are, uh, all of them are icons. There is um, a multitude of new talents um, mm. in the Middle East that, uh, you know, we can't mention all of them today, but I'm just going to talk about those icons that everybody uh, knows and that are my favorites. So for Lebanon, it would be Fayrouz. Mm-hmm. For Syria, it would be Sabah Fakhri. Wow. And for Egypt, it would be Um Kulthum. Wow. So you've, you've picked the, uh, the uh, legends, I think, of oh, Arabic legends. music here. Uh, you probably, like me, grew up listening to their songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what about uh, on a more you know recent scale? Were there some musicians uh, that you've recently discovered worthy of note uh, uh, today on the show? Well, uh, Mike Massey um, has been introduced to me by Neda, a dear friend of mine in Lebanon. Wow. He's uh, her music instructor. Oh, so Nada is your is a, 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 f- a female a name, dear friend a, a of dear mine. Friend. Okay, yes. so for our listeners, so Nada introduced you to Mike Massey. Mike Massey. Wow. And his new album right now, and his new album is a huge success in Lebanon. He has composed uh, some of his own songs, and he had uh, you know um, renovated some of uh, um, Zeki Nassif's old songs. Wow, Zeki Nassif, who, who of course is a legend in terms of uh, Arabic music and Lebanese music in particular, mm-hmm. composed for Fayrouz, I believe, and other uh, icons. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so, so that's how you came, uh, you stumbled onto Mike Massey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, what and did I, you think, I Ava? I think Mike has a great future. His music is lovely, and I also would imagine his music um, played um, as uh, music for movies right. as well. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. Exactly what I because he actually did write, apparently, the movie soundtrack to a film called the Tanura Maxi. <laughs> uh, I've done, I haven't seen the film, but I did see his name in relation to that. This is a very young musician. And frankly, Ava, I wanted to say that you were the one who introduced me to, to the music of Mike Massey. And since then, his album has been playing right here at KZSU Stanford. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have you to thank for that. We have also Mike Massey himself to thank for the beautiful music he did. Um, but uh, does it bother you when, uh, when new musicians and young musicians such as Mike Massey take old songs and sort of revamp them or re-record them uh, to make them uh, distinctly different from the originals? 
Um, actually, no, not in this case, uh, because I think what Mike Massey did is uh, make the specific song we were uh, going to talk about today. Right. And give it, give it um, kind of like a new look, if I may say. Yes. And um, Zaki Nassif um, gave life to this song. Right. But uh, many, Mike, many decades ago, we should say. Many decades ago, but Mike Massey gave it this a beautiful touch, this beautiful flavor, this um, different, uh, you know, um, melody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he did a superb job. And we should tell our listeners, of course, that the song we're, we're talking about is a song that Ava is going to dedicate at the end of her segment today. And uh, the title, Ava, Ya Ashiqat Al-Wardi, is a little bit difficult to translate for our listeners. How would you put it in English? Mm. Al-Ashq uh, is infatuation. So to, um, I think Ashiqat Al-Ward is a person who really likes roses wow. or in love wow. with, infatuated with roses. Absolutely. And roses have a lot of meaning in the um, Arabic language. Usually you give them to people that you really care for. And so the songs could be titled uh, or could be translated as something like a love, a, a lover of roses or someone who's infatuated with roses. Mm-hmm. With roses. Are you such a person, Ava? Indeed, I have to indeed, ask. You indeed. Do, your favorite flower is the rose? My is favorite is gardenia, but rose, uh, roses have a big special part in my heart very special any favorite color Ava I, I, I know I'm, I'm prying white. here white white, white rose so we will pretend that Ashiqat Al-Wardi is Ashiqat Al-Wardi Al-Abyad white roses today and uh, and I know that you wanted to dedicate this song we're going to play the Mike Massey version of Ashiqat Al-Wardi here as a dedication from Ava and also as a thank you for her to for being here today on the show and bringing such an amazing wealth of knowledge and commentary not only on the Arabic language, but on music and uh, and other aspects of uh, Lebanese uh, society, as well as uh, being a proud Lebanese American. Ava, um, do you did you want to say anything about the song Rashiqat uh, Al-Wardi? And also, did you have any special dedication you would like to make on the Arabology show today? Yes. First of all, I would like to thank Neda, uh, who introduced me to uh, Mike Massey. Mm-hmm. I would like to also dedicate it to Walid, who couldn't be with us today, but uh, who will oh, be yes. listening. And, and I would like to add my uh, regards to Walid out there, who listens to the to the show and uh, is, a, is a colleague and a friend. Uh, Walid, I hope you're listening. Uh, this uh, song partially goes out to you, apparently. And uh, who else? And also to all those out there. Listeners out there who are Ushak Lward. Wow, that's a really beautiful way to uh, to send out a dedication. Anybody out there who loves roses or who knows someone who loves roses should enjoy this track. Uh, Ava, uh, it has been a delight to welcome you into the studio. I know you've been listening to the show um, regularly. <laughs> How did it feel to be in the studio? I am a devoted listener. <gasps> And uh, being in a studio has uh, its own charm. <laughs> I, feel, I feel honored. I thank you so much for inviting me, Ramsey. And I have been also encouraging our students to listen to your show. Um, because listening to Arabic music is part of the culture. And we all know that culture and language go hand in hand. 
So I'm I'm blessed. I'm very happy. I thank you for having me. And, and that's uh, it. <laughs> and thank you. Well, Ava, the, the pleasure was all mine. I hope you will always feel free to come back and uh, share your insights right here on the Arabology Show. Thank and you. I have to tell you, between you and me, Ava, you uh, you seemed a little worried coming in about uh, speaking uh, spontaneously <laughs> on the air. You did beautifully. So I am going to say shukran. Shukran. And Ava. Uh, you are truly an asset, uh, not only to our department at Stanford, but to the community at large. I wish you uh, continuous good health and success, and I know that uh, there is much in store for you here at Stanford, uh, Ava. So welcome, shukran, and uh, here we go. We'll play Ya'ashikhat uh, al-Wardi, which will give us time to actually introduce my next guest, and that's none other than Sayana Shilton. Yes, she is here. Yes, she's been to Morocco. Yes, she has uh, wonderful stories to tell, and Yes, she's a student of Arabic, so she'll be maybe echoing or perhaps uh, elaborating on some of the points that Ava brought up. Uh, so as we listen to Mike Massey, we'll be sort of switching from uh, Lebanon to North Africa and uh, to my next guest. Ava, once again, shukran, merci, and thank you for being an amazing guest here on the Arabology Show. Shukran, ya Ramzi. And here is Mike Massey. Ya, shikhat al-wardi.
Community for Peace and Justice is a student group committed to the principles of diversity, civil liberties, human rights and an end to war. If you would like to know more about the issues that the SCPJ is working on or to find out how you can get involved, please visit www.stanford.edu/group/peace. That's www.stanford.edu/group/peace. It is a little bit after 4.45 p.m. right here on KZSU Stanford 94.1 FM. And I've got around 15 minutes left for the uh, Arabology show for this week. And I am delighted, delighted and excited to introduce my next guest, who is none other than one of my Arabic students here at Stanford. I've got Sayana Chilton right here in the studio. Marhaba, Sayana. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum. Assalamu Ya Ramzi. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm happy to be here. Is this your first time at uh, KZSU? It is my first time on the radio, yep. Wow. But you've, you've, you're familiar with our radio station here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you were expecting to ever be here discussing Arabic topics, but I really wanted you to come and, uh, w- w- and first of all, talk maybe a little bit about your experience in the Arabic classroom, and then a little bit about your experience in North Africa. Sure. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so I I think we should begin, first of all, by uh, welcoming you uh, a little bit in Arabic and giving you a chance to uh, <laughs> make your old instructor proud here oh, no. by having you to kind of introduce yourself in Arabic to our listeners. And from there, we'll talk a little bit about your background in the language of your choice. Great. Uh, so, uh, Sianna, you were born and raised where? And, uh, and, and how did you come to Stanford? So I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, wow. I'm a junior at Stanford. 
Um, and my whole, the whole family of my mother is from California, so I never had any other thought but to come west for college. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that explains why you don't have a Boston accent, I guess, <laughs> when you speak. Uh, uh, you know, I was expecting, you know, the, the park, the car. I think, I think it's actually a common misconception. There's only one small part of Boston that speaks that way, and I'm actually from a suburb, so. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I know, man, I'm not a person to speak about American accents. Right. I know I've got my own <laughs> accent there. But uh, certainly you sounded like you, you grew up in California. But so you did That's not. You grew up in, in, in Boston. I did, yeah. And uh, came to California just to go to college. Mm -hmm. Wow. And uh, so when coming to Stanford uh, must have been an exciting experience. But then you chose Arabic I as did. your language. Yep, now, right. what, what were the motives behind that? It's not the easiest language in the world to choose. No, um, I think in high school, I had a really small high school that didn't have a lot of resources for um, language classes. Mm -hmm. But in one of my history classes, I gave a presentation on Islam, and I became really interested in the culture of the region um, and obviously all of the political things that are going on. I'm an international relations major, so oh, wow. it sort of makes sense that way. Um, but also aesthetically, I think the calligraphy of Arabic is beautiful. Um, and I felt like if I was going to be qualified to speak about politics or the Quran, then I should learn the language and speak from a more educated perspective. Absolutely. And so did you did you start Arabic at Stanford or did you have any prior ex, uh, exposure to the language? No, I started it my sophomore year at Stanford. Wow. So I'm now in my second wow. year. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm a little bit surprised and I don't want to embarrass you, but because you <laughs> seem to have such a good command of the language when you speak uh, Thank you. in class that I thought perhaps you had, uh, you know, maybe grown up in an Arabic speaking household or no, something I like wish. that. And uh, do you think think that perhaps some of that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to embarrass you, but I'm going to call it mastery of the language. <laughs> do you think some of it had to do with your trip to North Africa? I do, yeah. I think a lot of the things that you don't learn in a formal classroom, like the greetings and the, the sort of expressions, as well as a lot of the cultural meaning behind um, things that are said or done in Arabic countries, came from my trip to Morocco. To Morocco. And can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that now? You decided sure. to go to Morocco. Why, when, and how? <laughs> sure. So I wanted to study abroad, and I felt like I couldn't learn a language unless I was really immersed in it, um, which has been my experience with other languages. And so I wanted to do that with Arabic, and Stanford doesn't really offer... Um, a program like that in Arabic. Right. So I felt like going to some place in the Middle East would be good for that. And then the Arab Spring happened and all of my choices were limited on oh, where wow. my parents would let me go. Um, so I was sort of down to Jordan and Morocco. And I felt like Jordan was a little bit cliche. Everyone goes to Jordan. Um, <laughs> and I also think that I think Morocco has some really interesting cultural things going on. Right. It's unique in that way that it has the French and the Spanish and the Berbers. Um, right, right. So there's a lot of different things going on that I thought were so, so this was this was last year. Uh, this was this fall. I was there for four months. Oh, so you were there for four months. Is mm -hmm. were, were you studying there or just visiting? Or I studied. I was taking classes at Mohammed um, V University in Rabat, and then I lived with a host family in a suburb outside of Rabat. Oh, wow. So mm -hmm. you actually lived with a Moroccan family. I did, yeah. It was an interesting <laughs> experience. Wow. And so you ended up sort of picking up maybe colloquial uh, dialects there. I mean, they speak a little bit of Berber with this Moroccan mm -hmm. dialect, very different than the Fusha, the classical Arabic we speak in class. It was really different. Uh, how, how comfortable are you, you know, uh, <laughs> speaking that dialect? I know I can't do it, and I'm a native Arabic speaker. Uh, well, when I got there, um, the way I compare it to my friends and family who don't take Arabic is that I had taken sort of the equivalent of Latin at Stanford and then had to go and try and speak Spanish. It was just mutually not intelligible um, after having learned Fusha. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it took me a little while to get used to it. There's a lot of French influence in it. Um, 
but a lot of people also spoke English in my host family, so that was nice. But it didn't. It was a big. It was a big transition. And wow. then of course I come back and I did my diagnostic <laughs> test with you, Ramsey, and I was using um, Moroccan words without even realizing. Well, so. it was you know I mean it's not wrong. It's still you know qualifies as Arabic, right? But certainly having you uh, and that's something that Dr. Ava, my previous guest, was speaking about. You know, do you feel more comfortable starting with modern standard Arabic and then going to a dialect, Sayana, or do you think that it's just as easy to start with a dialect and then go to modern uh, uh, hmm. standard Arabic? I guess that's an interesting question. I think it was useful for me to start in a class on sort of formal Arabic because I learned how to read and write, and that was really helpful when right. I didn't know what someone was talking about. They could write it down or right. I could read street signs. Absolutely. Um, so that definitely was a good place for me to start. So that's a really good answer because I think that's the school of thought that Dr. Ava was talking about. You know, instead mm-hmm. of starting someone with, because at least you can visualize the word, you can have it written down, etc. Right. Well, I think we're, we've kept our listeners in uh, suspense long <laughs> enough here because I know that you have a song that you've chosen to play today from North Africa. Sure. And... Uh, and I'm not going to let you get away with uh, without uh, actually uh, <laughs> saying something in Arabic. Okay. Both maybe in, I uh, I in no, no, no. There, there is no escape. Laysa hunaka hurub min alustad al Arabi. I know you see me in class every day, and now in the afternoons, Sayana. So thank you so much for coming in today. And the song that you chose is by is it Chab Khaled? Yes, Khaled, and it's called Aisha, which I used to listen to with my. My host family a lot. Really? Now, Aisha is, of course, mm-hmm. a popular first name for a right. girl. And the song is in French and in Arabic. Mm-hmm. So do you, are you able to speak both or understand both? <laughs> I or? can speak about intermediate of both, yeah. Uh, both, even mm-hmm. French. Yeah, some French. Um, I could sing the chorus to the song pretty well, and then I would sort of be quiet and listen to everyone else well, just sing it around me. And, and so how, are you, do you think you would be able, now no pressure, just because oh, you're no. on the air and you're my student and everything hinges on this. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> would you like to make a dedication to anybody, sure, yeah. um, uh, maybe in English or Arabic or both? Sure. Um, I guess first I'd like to give a shout out to my family in Boston um, I think my parents were both a little wary of me taking Arabic but they've both been really supportive so and hopefully hi to them be listening, uh, I think to, they to are I sent them the, the radio station um, and then I'd also like to say uh, salam labas um, uh, to my Moroccan family the Shafik and um, Amor family in in Morocco and I hope that they'll listen to the podcast wow and how about a a, a dedication to your fellow students in (laughs) second year Arabic this time in Fusha because you've covered (laughs) English and you've covered colloquial um Mumtaza, that's amazing, and, uh, you, and I was looking. She was not reading this. this you did this spontaneously no. on the air. I did. Can't Sayana, it Chilton, you are an amazing example of a, an Arabic, of a student of Arabic here at Stanford, who within a short two years has been able to uh, kind of grasp the language. I really don't know how to thank you enough for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for coming in and being such a good sport. I know you see me every day. Like I said, and for you to actually see me after hours uh, really is a, an honor for me. Shukran to you. Shukran. I'll, I'll even throw in a little French with and say merci. <laughs> merci beaucoup. And uh, I guess the, uh, how do Boston, Bostonians say thank you? It's the same as in California. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's all the I same. Think so. I think we'll stick to yeah. shukran jazila. Shukran alik. Uh, shukran lucky. So here we go. We're going to end the show with uh, uh, the song Aisha by uh, Shab Khaled and reminding everybody to stay tuned at uh, 5 
5pm for AJ and The Fall of Math coming to you at 5pm right here on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. I'm glad to be with you and we're going to play the song Aisha for you right here as a tribute from Sienna to the people she mentioned. Sienna, shukran and ma'asalama. Ma'asalama. <laughs> Aisha, Aisha, écoute-moi Aisha, Aisha, nanana 